0: so great to be with you at Harvest here this morning. Uh, My heart is very full um, every time I come here just to see what God is doing and what God has done. Uh, Dan, it was in your living room uh, just a little over two years ago uh, that the first meeting of Harvest Indy South was there. Uh, We were graciously invited, Kelly, my wife and I were graciously invited to go be a part of that meeting. And there was, what, 12, 13 people or whatever uh, that were in your living room. And uh, then God started to do something there. And I remember uh, I remember launch Sunday, right? The, the doors were closed back there, and this place, this front section, was just packed full. And uh, then we came back, I preached here a year ago, and uh, it was open to the curtains in the back. And now two years in, and it's two services open to the curtains in the back. And uh, I I sure hope you invite me back next year. Uh, I might be preaching four times. I don't know what you're going to look like, but I want to tell you what God's doing here is really exciting, and it is a God thing. You are part of a God thing here at Harvest Indy South, and I'm so excited to be here with you and be able to open God's word with you this morning. So take your Bibles and go to Proverbs chapter one, and. Um, Uh, We're going to stay in your series that you've been doing in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Brock asked me to preach on pride and humility today. Now, I want to tell you this, and and there's only one reason I'm not happy with you today, Pastor Brock, all right? Because preachers know this, that whatever you're going to preach on Sunday, God makes you live that throughout the week getting to Sunday, so I don't appreciate having to preach on pride this morning because God had to do some work on me this week um, in that regard. But, you know, this is a great topic, and, and we're going to talk about this idea today that pride is painful, pride is painful, and humility is honorable. You know, Solomon said in Proverbs eighteen twelve, before a downfall, the heart is haughty, prideful, before the downfall. Pride is painful, but the second part of the verse says this, but humility comes before honor. There is when, when you meet humble people, those are people that you respect, you honor them because of their humility, not in who they are, but who they are in Christ. And so we're going to start with the fact that pride is painful, and just to kind of get us going along that line, I just got a little video clip that I'm going to show you to demonstrate how, how easily it is to become prideful, but how painful that can be. Watch this. <laughs> Don't you love it, don't you? Love it. Pride is painful, and that guy right there just got humbled in a very big way. You know, as we uh, dive into the Word of God today, I'm reminded of what Christ said in in the in the New Testament about the kind of heart that we need to have when we open the Word of God. And he he gave us this story, the parable of the sower and the seed. And he talked about the seed being the word of God and the different kinds of soil that it landed on. One of the soils was the good soil. And here's what Christ said in Luke chapter 18, verse 15, and as for that on the good soil, they are those who hear the word, they hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So I want to tell you, as we open the Word of God today, my prayer is is that we would be the people that walked in here this morning with an honest and good heart, ready to receive the Word and not only receive it, not only hear it, but hold on to it, okay? That we're going to ask God to sink this Word deep into our heart today so that when we go out of here this week, we're still hanging on to it so that it will impact how we live our daily lives every day as we leave here this morning. And so, would you pray with me as we open the Word of God today? Lord, we're going to talk about a really important topic today. We're going to talk about pride and humility. God, I pray that for all of us, including me, that my heart would be good soil. Because we're going to plant the Word of God into our hearts this morning. And God, I pray that our hearts are ready to receive the Word. But not only that we would hear it. It doesn't do any good if we hear it and don't do anything with it. But that we would be God's people that would hold it fast. And that we would learn from the Word of God today. To leave here different than when we walked in these doors. And we thank you. And we ask that you'll bless your word this morning, and it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, I brought, as you can see, four chairs with me this morning um, as, a, as a visual illustration. Sometimes when you study the word of God, um, you can learn a, a little bit with a visual that will stick with you. And so, um, so this morning we're going to work through these four different chairs out of Proverbs chapter 1. And what I want to challenge you as you sit there and listen to the word of God today. I want to challenge you to think about which chair am I sitting in today? Which chair am I sitting in? In Proverbs chapter 1, Solomon talks to us about the four different kinds of people in the book of Proverbs. And then he takes the rest of the book and he tells us about situations that these people live in and some characteristics of all of these different four kinds of people. And if you'll take your Bibles and look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 22, it says this How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? And how long will scoffers delight in scoffing and fools hate knowledge? So, in this one verse, Solomon gives us three of the four people. He gives us the simple ones. We're going to tell you who they are and describe them to you this morning. He talked to us about the scoffers and the fool, so that's three, and then the one that we know of in the book of Proverbs is the wise person, that's person number four. And so today we're going to walk through these and see a little bit about what we can learn from pride and humility from the four different kinds of people in the book of Proverbs. So we're going to skip chair number one for right now, we're going to go to chair number two. And chair number two is what we call the clueless It's what Solomon calls the simple. So I brought with me this morning a beanbag chair. How many of you ever owned a beanbag chair? Raise your hand. Yeah, right? Great, great. What kind of people, what age of people usually have beanbag chairs? The young ones, right? Kids have beanbag chairs. Teenagers, sometimes in a college dorm room, you'll see beanbag chairs, so they like to just flop in and they're really comfortable. You want to know why old people don't have beanbag chairs? <laughs> because once we get in, we can't get out, okay? So that's why they're, this is young people here, okay? The simple, sometimes we call them the clueless. So Solomon says this about these people, they're young people, They're mentioned 15 times in the book of Proverbs. They don't have much life experience yet, and so they make mistakes, and they do foolish and stupid things just because they don't know any better. Here's what Solomon says in Proverbs 7.7. I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths, A young man lacking sense, right? How many parents have ever looked at their children and said, why did you do that, right? Well, the reason they did is because they're sitting in that chair right there. They just don't have a lot of sense yet. They don't have a lot of life experience to be able to know and not do foolish things that are going to get themselves hurt or in trouble. I mean, think about it this way. At what age do people generally start experimenting with things that can be potentially harmful in their lives? Things like smoking, drinking, sex, credit cards, all of those kind of things. Where do those things usually start with this attitude? It's just harmless fun, and we're, it'll be okay, right? It's not hurting it, we're just harmless fun not understanding that some of those things have the potential to have life-lasting consequences that are very, very painful. That starts in those young years, the simple years, when they don't have good judgment, good sense yet about life and about the issues of life. You know, um, you don't get life experience without life experience, right? And so, so that's this chair. So sometimes um, when we're young, we just do really stupid things. How many of you would say this, I can remember something I did as a teenager that could have been potentially damaging or maybe even I could have lost my life doing this stupid thing. Anybody out there like that? Troy, put that hand up, I know you, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, let me tell you one example from my life. When I was uh, just graduating from high school, 18 years old, uh, my twin brother and I and a friend went to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, My older brother worked down there up in Scottsdale. And uh, so we went to Phoenix and we were just having a great time. But you know what 18-year-olds are like, right? They're invincible. It won't happen to me. I mean, all of those kind of things. And so we decided one day that we wanted to go climb Pinnacle Peak, all right? So here's a picture of the mountain that we want to climb. We want to go rock climb this mountain. Now, you got to understand, I grew up in Iowa. <laughs> there isn't a rock bigger than this stage in Iowa, and we're going to go climb that. We know nothing about rock climbing. We're going to go climb Pinnacle Peak. So it's, it's pretty easy to get up to the spot until you get right to where you got to go up that sheer side. Now, most people that climb Pinnacle Peak use ropes like these people did in order to get to the top. There we go, right there. So you can see how high it is and, and there's, there's ropes climbing gear to get up there. We didn't have any ropes, right? We're 18 years old. We don't need ropes. So here's how you get to the summit. There's a crack that goes up that and you got to get your fingers in it and your feet in it and you just kind of work your way up just a little bit at a time. Then when you get to the top, there's a little outcropping that comes just over your head that you have to reach around and find a handhold, and then you get your other hand, and then you have to, like, swing out and pull yourself up to get on top. I want to tell you this, that if you slip, it's thousands of feet down. You can see how high it is. Zero chance of survival. Zero. We did it. Why? Right? Why? It's what my wife still wants to know. Why did you do that? Because we're young and stupid. Right? Because we think, it won't happen to me. Well, there's me on the top. We made it. We made it. Today, I wouldn't even think about it. Right? My kids or my grandkids said, hey, we're going to go climb Pinnacle Peak. I'm like, oh, no, you're not. That's stupid, right? See, how many of us have lived in this chair, right? Lived in that chair right there and do the things that we shouldn't do because we don't have any life experience. Well, people that sit in this chair usually aren't real teachable. They usually don't listen real well because they have something in them called pride, right? Pride is what keeps us from listening. It's what keeps God's word from sinking deep into our hearts. And we all get it very naturally, don't we? You ever seen a three-year-old that you want to do something for them and they'll say this, I can do it myself, right? I don't need you. You know what that is? It's Pride. We're all born with it. We all have it. We all have way more than we need. But when we don't listen to what God's word says and use it, we stay in this chair right here. Now, if, if we don't humble ourselves and listen, those kind of things, we will move from this chair to this chair. And it's the second chair that we're going to talk about today. And it's the chair of the careless. The careless. The careless. And this is the chair of the fool that Solomon talks about in the book of Proverbs. And, and, and I got like this, this crazy looking thing on it, but way back in the day in school, when you were bad, they would put you in a corner on a stool with a dunce cap on, okay? Now, is anybody here old enough to remember the days of the dunce cap? Come on, just be honest. We do have a few. Okay, those are the old people. Okay? Those are the old people. Because they would never do this today, right? Can you say lawsuit? Oh, my goodness. So anyway, so this represents the fool. Now, here's, here's the fool. The fool has learned life experience. They're past that young and foolish stage. They know right from wrong. They know truth. But even though they know it, they choose to willfully continue to live in a way that's contrary to what God says how we should live. They're living the life of the fool. Look in your verse again, Proverbs 122. It says, a fool hates knowledge. It's not that they don't know it. They don't want to listen to it. Solomon talks about the fool 30 different times in the book of Proverbs. And here's what the fool does. They'll make a mistake. They'll pay the consequences for it. They won't listen. They won't learn. And they'll make the same mistake again. And they'll pay the same consequences again. And they'll feel the pain again. And they won't listen. And they won't learn. And they'll make the same mistake again and the same consequences. And they do that over and over and over again. And over again. Look at what Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. In fact, let's read this together. Can you read it with me this morning? Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Isn't that a great word picture? I mean, great visual this morning, isn't it? If you have a dog, you really get this because you've seen this happen in person. That's the life of a fool. Over and over and over and over again, they make the same mistakes, they don't listen, they don't learn, and it just repeats itself over and over and over again. Last February was the Super Bowl. Patriots and the Falcons. It was a great game, not for us Colts fans because we're never happy when the Patriots win, right? But it was a great game. Falcons way ahead. The largest bet on the Super Bowl last year was $1.1 million. $1.1 million. And the guy bet on the Falcons. And he was real happy for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, the comeback started He started getting worried in what they scored with like a minute left to win the game, the Patriots did, and the guy lost his $1.1 million. Now, here's the question. Do you think that kept him from gambling again? How come we're all shaking our head no? Because we all know the answer, don't we? Why? Because gamblers gamble, right? It's what they do. Because what do they think? Next time, next time, next time. And they keep repeating it over and over and over again. Listen, you want a quote on gambling? Here it is. Play it long enough and you will lose. In the long run, the house doesn't lose. Okay? We all know that, right? You ever traveled through Vegas and seen all the lights? They don't build those big casinos because the house is losing. They build those because the house wins. The house wins. Kelly and I have been on some cruises, and in the evening we'll walk through the casino and just watch people gamble. And we see the same people in there night after night after night, and they're throwing their chips on the table, and they're putting their money on the table, and they're just, you know, the the house just keeps scooping them all up. You know, you know the sound that they should play in a casino? It's just a toilet flushing. Right? Ka-fush, ka-fush. That's what they ought to play all night long. Because that's all they're doing just flushing their money. I feel like going up there going, hey, just give it to me. Right? I'll do something good with it. Just give it to me. Why do we see the same people in there night after night after night after night? Because next time. Next time. Next time. Do they know the house always wins? Yeah, they know that. They're just living the life of the fool over and over and over again. They know knowledge, but they won't accept it. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus Christ is giving us, is giving the the talk, the Sermon on the Mount. and And he talks about the wise man and the foolish man. And he says this, the wise man is the man that hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. And he's like the man that built his house on the rock. And when the winds blow and the storms come, it's going to hold firm. The wise man. The foolish man. It says it right here. He says this, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, not teachable, won't listen Is prideful, It's like the foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rains came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. The foolish man hears the words, heard the same thing the wise man heard, he just didn't do anything with it. He was prideful. He wasn't teachable. And so why in people's lives and in their relationships and in their marriages and in their whatever they have going on in their lives, why do they keep making the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over again? Because they're sitting in this chair right here, the chair of the fool. Now, listen, if we were honest this morning, we'd say this. There's been times that we've all sat in this chair, isn't there? There's been times we've all sat right here, made the mistakes, time and time again, hopefully have learned. The other thing about the fool is this, that if the fool continues on his ways, not only will he feel the pain of of his consequences, but the people around him will as well. Look at what Solomon said, Proverbs 13, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. If you get a a husband or a wife that's not living the way they should and they're making bad choices and they experience the pain of those choices, the other spouse is going to feel it as well and so will the children. The companion of fool, suffers harm. So if we're, if we're in this chair and, and, and we stay prideful, don't listen, don't learn, we will move to this chair where we know right from wrong But if we don't listen and we don't learn and we stay prideful and we don't humble ourselves, then we're going to move to this chair, and this is the chair you don't want to be in. This is chair number four, and it's the chair of the critical person, what Solomon calls the scoffer or the mocker, and he uses that term ten times in the book of Proverbs. And this is the aggressively defiant, cynical, and critical person Many times, not always, but people that have money, power, possession, prestige, those kind of things, they have excessive pride. They're never wrong. They always have to win, always have to have the last word, can be very short-tempered or hot-tempered. That's the scoffer or the mocker. Here's what Proverbs says about them. Scoffer is the name of the arrogant haughty or prideful man who acts with arrogant pride. Scoffer. Proverbs 21, the proud and arrogant person, mocker is his name, and he behaves with insolent fury. So we put this as kind of our throne chair, the king chair, because a king has ultimate authority, is always right and never wrong, rules over everybody else. Nobody can stand up against the king. That is the scoffer. And here's what Proverbs says about the scoffer or the mocker, and it's why you don't want to be in this chair, that eventually they're driven out. They're driven out and they're detested by people. So it means this, that if we want to live in that chair, It means that um, we're really not going to have any true friends because people don't ever like to be around somebody like that. And if you know somebody like that, I mean, as I've described that, you're probably thinking of somebody in your head, nobody loves to be around that person. And in the end of life, they will be very lonely people. They will be driven out from everybody else because nobody wants to be with them. That's the chair that... You don't want to be in, especially that chair. And there's probably times that we've all sat in that chair as well with a, an argument with our spouse. I'm going to prove I'm right and you're wrong. That's that chair right there. Not being humble enough to own our own stuff. At the end of Proverbs chapter 1, and we don't have time to go into all of it this morning, but chapter 1, verse 22 through 33, it tells us this. Solomon says that, if you live in that chair long enough and don't humble yourself and you stay prideful, that if you get to the place where you finally want wisdom, you won't be able to get it. You forfeited your chances at it because you stayed in that seat for too long. It's a really interesting study to look at. Now, you're probably thinking, okay, I'm thoroughly depressed Why did Pastor Brock ask this guy to come and preach today, right? So we've been through the the yuck, through the junk. Now I want to go to chair number one. And I want to tell you this, and this is the good news, that if you're in this chair or if you're in this chair or if you're in this chair, you can very easily move to that chair. All it takes is something called humility, Humility to humble yourself and let God do a work in you to take you to the chair of the wise or the chair of the commended, which is what Solomon talks about 50 times in the book of Proverbs, the chair of the wise person, the person who is humble and teachable and will listen and that God will bless and that will save themselves from a lot of heartache in life. Look at Proverbs 19:20. Listen to advice and accept discipline. Learn from the pain of these chairs, learn from that, and at the end you will be counted among the wise. See, there's honor in humility and the only way to sit in this chair is to be humble enough to listen Humble enough to learn and to do things God's way. So let me end this morning by giving you a couple practical things. If you're a young person, and they're they're all over in here, which I love, lots of young people in here. If you're sitting in this chair right here, I'm young, and I'm not trying to talk down to you today, but I'm young and I'm stupid, and what I mean by that is, I don't have life experience. I make mistakes because I'm young. If you're sitting in this chair, I would encourage you to do a couple of things. Number one is to find somebody who's further along in life and ask a lot of questions to them about how to do life and how to do it without all the pain of these chairs. Now, I will tell you this, that God has already given you that person, and it's called your parents, okay? Your parents have sat in these chairs. They know how to get there better than you know how to get there. And so you need to listen to them. But find somebody else besides your parents too. Ask a lot more questions than a lot more talking and just ask them about how to get through this life without moving this direction and paying the consequences of those chairs. Go that way in humility, and it will save you a lot of pain down the road. If you're sitting in this chair, the chair of the fool, you know right from wrong. You know about things in your life that are contrary to what God's word would say is pleasing to Christ. If you're sitting in this chair and you're going through that cycle of making the choice, paying the consequences, experience the pain, Make the choice, consequences, pain, and you're tired of that. Find somebody to hold you accountable for whatever the issues are that you keep having this crazy cycle of. Because accountability will help stop you from doing that again and again and again and again. Repent, find accountability. If you're sitting in this chair, if you're this morning and you're like, man, I really think I'm sitting in this chair right here. And I would say this to you today that the most important thing you need to do is, number one, repent. Know that we've sang about it all morning. There's forgiveness and hope in Christ. Amen. Forgiveness and hope in Christ. Repent. But before you walk out the door today, find somebody to pray with, because the scoffer's the person that has that really proud heart. And your heart will lead you astray quickly from what God is trying to do and drill into that good soil of your heart right now. Don't leave the building without finding somebody to pray with today to start dealing with that. You know, in life, we've all sat in probably all of these chairs at different situations. And throughout the week, you might change chairs, right? Depending on the choices and decisions that we make. But I want to tell you, This chair right here, the chair of the wise person, is the chair that's going to bring you the most joy, the most fulfillment, the most happiness, the most Christ-likeness if you'll simply humble yourself and be teachable and have a heart that is good soil and let the Word of God drill into that today. So what chair are you sitting in? And if you're in one of these... Today's the day to move. Today's the day to move to this chair so you can live in victory and not live in defeat when you leave here this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for what Solomon taught us in the book of Proverbs. And God, I pray that as we, as we walk out of here today that our hearts are hearts of good soil, The Word of God has been planted in our hearts. And I pray that we would be the person that would walk out of here, the wise person that would take the truth, they would hang on to it, and then use it throughout this week to live a life that's pleasing to you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.